The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio with your host, Sheriff Joe Bags. What is going on, Rams fans? Welcome back to another edition of Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. I am your host, Joe Branham, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Bags. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Audible. And with over 480,000 titles to choose from, you can get a free download right now and a free month. All you need to do is go to www.audibletrial.com com slash Rams showcase. It's really that simple. It really is. So uh, you, some of you may have noticed, I actually did not have an arraignment episode for this Rams Ra- uh, Raiders game. So I'm going to kind of throw that into this episode. I had some things I needed to take care of. I was unavailable to, to complete that episode. So I do apologize about that, but we will get all the information that I would have talked about in that game We'll get that talked about today in this game. So we're not missing anything, all right? And then, of course, we're going to talk about the Cardinals at the Rams and take a look at that matchup. We've got some news and some transactions to get into for sure. And then on the second half, as always, we do have the fan quesos. So you're not going to want to miss any of this stuff because this is all this is all so good. So let's go ahead and hop into it. Rams at Raiders. And, uh, okay, so the Rams won this game 33-13. to and if I'm being completely honest with you guys, and I feel like I can be, I feel like I can be honest with you, then I'm going to say that this game is almost exactly what I expected. I expected the Rams to kind of start a little slow. So, of course, we know the the Raiders took their very first drive all the way down the field, scored the touchdown, and the Rams went three and out. That is, of course, not something that we expected to see from this 2018 Los Angeles Rams team. But... When you look back at the preseason, you take a look at everything, you'll, you see that, you know, the, the Rams offensive starters didn't get any snaps in preseason. And then the Rams defensive starters, I believe it was only seven snaps. So of course we were going to have those little bits of, you know, growing pains, but I was sitting there. I I mean, if you guys watched the live, you guys kind of met, I guess, shortly, some of my, my buddies out here that I watched the Rams games with. Uh, you know, I was just sitting there with them before, after I got off the live and I kind of told them, you know, this is uh, like, I'm not expecting us to really light it up in the first half, but I really am expecting a really strong second half. So going in to the break at halftime down 10 to 13, I really wasn't overly concerned. 
And as a kind of side note on this game, uh, it's going to be very difficult for anybody on this team to beat the Marcus Peters interception touchdown celebration, all of that all in one. It's going to be really difficult to beat that as my favorite play of the season. That was just such the perfect little bit of a middle finger to Marshawn Lynch and the Raiders. And I gotta be honest, guys, I'm totally okay with it. I lost my mind because of course at this time of the game, it's late in the game. So obviously I was a few beers in and I was just, I was loud. I was obnoxious and I was loving every second of it. And if you guys know me at all, I'm also a, a huge, I'm a, I'm a big metalhead, but one of my favorite bands, probably my favorite band is Disturbed. And when the Rams game was on and they went to the very first commercial break and they started playing that new Disturbed song, Are You Ready? Uh, during like going into the commercial break, I was just like, I was just at such peace. I've never been at that much peace, I don't think, in my entire life. So that was absolutely amazing. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the game and I'm super excited for this next one. But uh, we, we have a lot still to talk about. So the game badge, I give out a game badge every week. It's my Sheriff Joe Bags game badge. This week... You know, there was a lot of candidates. I could have gone with Marcus Peters. I probably could have gone with Brandon Cooks, maybe even Todd Gurley, maybe even Greg Zerline. What I decided to do for this one, though, I'm going with guard and uh, Austin Blythe. I almost said, almost said Andrew Whitworth. He's not a guard. Uh, I mean, Whitworth, don't get me wrong, he did an awesome job. But Austin Blythe coming in for Jamon Brown, who will miss one more game due to suspension. He was actually the highest graded guard according to Pro Football Focus, for all of week one. And if you take a look at the Pro Football Focus team of the week, I believe it's four of the the Rams offensive linemen made that list. And that would be Whitworth, Saffold, and then Blythe and Havenstein with Sullivan is the one that, that missed out there. So going to be some some fun stuff the rest of this year. And if I'm being completely real with you guys, I would not say that that Jamon Brown is 100% guaranteed his job when he comes back. I think that Austin Blythe, if he keeps performing and if he keeps on just completely dominating, that's that he played better than any guard in the NFL this week. If he can keep that up for another week, I would say that maybe Brown doesn't come back to the starting lineup, at least right away. Maybe there is a little bit of a buffer period there. All right, that's something to kind of keep an eye on. My biggest takeaway, again, is uh, it's exactly what I expected. Exactly what I expected. So 10-13 going into halftime, that's okay with me. I wasn't overly concerned. I really did expect the Rams to to have a strong second half. And I know that when when half of the game is over and you're losing, it can kind of be like a, a tense time. But the way that this game was going, the way that the Rams were handling themselves... And especially at the start of the third quarter, I just felt really great about it. Of course, we tied it up at 13, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. I did have a Ram Showcase giveaway this week, and if you guys have not been on Facebook, well, uh, you missed the winner. So I did announce a winner of this week's. So the, the contest was name who you believe is going to be the Rams' first touchdown of the year had a whole bunch of people pick Todd Gurley. Didn't think he would be on a little pitch pass like that but hey touchdowns are touchdowns as long as the guys are that are scoring touchdowns and have horns on their helmets that aren't vikings horns then i'm pretty okay with it i'm pretty awesome with it and it doesn't matter to me but todd Gurley did score the first touchdown i did have this randomly selected 
uh, for the winner, and uh, the winner is Albert Hernandez. I did try to reach out to Albert Hernandez. If you're listening to me now, you can send me a message uh, with your address and everything so I can get that sent out to you. Of course, my my pregame live winner went to Joel, who correctly guessed my trivia question. The question was uh, how many current Rams players played for the St. Louis Rams, and the answer was 16. Big number. Everybody was going low. Everybody was guessing like 4, 5, 8, uh, 16, and I thought everybody was going to go high. I was thinking everybody was going to say like 30. So I guess, I mean, I stumped people in the way that I didn't expect to stump anybody. Uh, a couple news here, a couple notes on this game. Pharaoh Cooper has been placed on IR with a designation to return, so he could be back uh, this season, but I would say to expect him back this season is a little bit of a stretch. It is a pretty severe ankle sprain that Pharaoh Cooper did receive in this game, so I wouldn't say that it's a guarantee he will come back this year. They do have the option but it looks like he'll at least be out until about week 10. Uh, so I would say week 11, week 12, we could see Farrell Cooper back, but I would not say that that is a guarantee. Mike Williams, also another wide receiver, the backup kick returner to Farrell Cooper, will miss some time as well with a groin injury. But in those moves with both of those guys going out, the Rams have brought back wide receiver Jojo Natson, who was awesome in preseason. I believe his kick return average yards was about 24 and his punt return average was about 11. So so pretty cool there. Actually really not that bad for Jojo Natson to come back and handle those kick returning duties. So I know a lot of fans were liking Jojo Natson. I was one of them. I was one of the fans that was a fan of Jojo Natson. So cool to see him back. Cool to see him getting a shot and I'm excited to see what he can do when he's returning some kicks because it looks like fair or not Pharaoh Cooper, Cooper Cup will be handling the punt return duties while JoJo Natson handles the kick return duties. That is, of course, a Sheriff Joe Bag's assumption, considering that Fer- uh, Cooper Cup, not Pharaoh Cooper, I always have trouble with those. I always mix those names up. I know who I'm talking about, but I always mix up the names. So uh, he is listed on the depth chart as the backup punt returner to Pharaoh Cooper, so I would expect him to handle those duties and then JoJo Natson to handle the kick return. Uh, Rams did take some deep shots in this game. We saw multiple times where the Rams were taking deep shots. Goff was unable to connect on them. Again, I think that this is not something to worry about. I've, I've seen some people post that they're worried about Goff and his deep ball. He didn't play in preseason, guys. So just rein it in. Let him get some live action. And I think in the next few weeks, we'll start seeing Goff connect with those deep balls, especially with guys like Brandon Cooks. Uh, Corey Littleton led the Rams in tackles in this game with 11 and had his one interception. Also, it was a terrible throw. I mean, credit Corey Littleton because he caught the ball still, but oh my goodness, it was a bad throw. I mean, it was thrown to Corey Littleton, so he should have caught it, and he did, which is cool stuff. Uh, and uh, another thing here is that the Rams did open up a little bit of cap space with kind of reworking the deals of linebacker Mark Barron and linebacker Matt Longacre, who are two starters. And a lot of people have kind of take this, taken this assumption and saying that the Rams needed to bring an inside linebacker. The Rams were out one starting inside linebacker, so I don't think that that's the move right now. Uh, just kind of, that's kind of just my two cents on that. But I don't think that that's necessarily a move that the Rams need to make, considering one of the starters in Mark Barron was not in. And the Rams had the two highest-graded guards in pro football focus, Blythe at an 87 and Roger Saffold, 86.4. Those were the two highest-rated guards 
uh, in the in the NFL for week one. Now we're going to go ahead and take a look at this Cardinals at the Rams game. This will be 1.05 p.m. L.A. time. This game will kick off on Fox. Dick Stockton and Mark Schlereth will be on the call. Uh, if you guys have not seen the distribution maps, I have posted them on the Rams Showcase Facebook page. So if you guys are interested to see if you are going to be able to catch this game, on your TV at home, then just go ahead and go to the Ram Showcase Facebook page and see if you're in the area. It's like the brown area this time, and actually, surprisingly, a small area that actually gets to see the Rams this week, which is, I guess, cool. I mean, that's fine. I'm still going to go out to the bar either way to watch the games. I'm sure most of you guys have your own ways of watching the games anyway, but not going to be a very broad broadcast on this one. So line opened with the Rams favored by 10 points. The Rams now favored by 12 and a half. The over under for this game is 45 degrees and we are expecting solid weather. I will give weather updates on the Rams showcase Facebook page as the week continues if needed. If the weather is going to be fine, I'm not really too, too worried about it. But if there is going to be a storm rolling in anything like that, then I will keep you guys up to date. What to watch for in this game. We've got uh, wide receiver Jojo Natson as a returner. So keep an eye on that because I do expect him not only to come into this game and play, I do expect him to be the kick returner for the Rams in this game and for probably the foreseeable future for the next 10 or so games, I think JoJo Natson will be the Rams kick returner. Uh, The Arizona Cardinals had three three and outs last week. And the reason that I point that out is because the Rams absolutely dominated the second half against the Oakland Raiders, only giving up 57 yards in the second half entirely. And I think that this could be a really solid situation for the Rams to really step up and force a lot of three and outs by the Cardinals. The Cardinals did not do a lot offensively. Uh, David Johnson had 37 yards on nine carries. Bradford only threw for 153 yards, so not a lot of high-powered offense coming out of Arizona and the matchup shows that Arizona's offense ranks now 31st of course we can't look too deep into these rankings because it only has been one game but the Rams defense also with that first half are now 26th against uh, on defense right now Uh, rushing the football Arizona is 29th where the Rams are 11 so I mean, we kind of heard a lot of trash talk from the Raiders fans after that first drive and that Marshawn Lynch run for the touchdown. Uh, After that, he was pretty much completely shut down. So uh, Rams did end only giving up the 11th most, or yeah, they're they're 11th against the run after one week. And then points, the Arizona Cardinals only scored six, and only one team did worse than that, so they are 31st. And then the Rams uh, gave up 13, which ranks fifth right now. LA Rams offense versus the Arizona Cardinals defense. The Rams offense ranks 12th currently, where the Arizona Cardinals are 27. Uh, Rushing the football, Rams are 8th, and Todd Gurley is the second second best rusher right now in the NFL. He's in second place, only behind James Conner, who had 130, which, side note here, I know most of you guys might not be too interested in this little tidbit, but last year, Le'Veon Bell did not have any games where he had at least 130 rushing yards. So something to maybe keep an eye on, especially with these rumors that Le'Veon Bell could be maybe headed to the 49ers, potentially. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. We'll see. Arizona Cardinals against the run are 32nd, so they gave up a whole bunch of rushing yards in that game. Rams 
scoring 33, ranked seventh in the NFL, where the Cardinals gave up 24. That's tied for 18th. The history of these two, so these teams go way back. The Cardinals versus the Rams is a very old matchup, and it's not always been Los Angeles versus Arizona like we're going to see this weekend. So the Rams do lead the all-time series 39-38-2. and The Rams have won the last two by a combined score of 65-16. to That does include the massive blowout that was in London. The first matchup between these two was the Chicago Cardinals versus the Cleveland Rams. And that was on October 3rd, 1937. The Cardinals did win that game 6-0. to And I kind of put this in there because I just find it kind of interesting. So we've seen in just Cardinals versus Rams, we've seen Chicago versus Cleveland, Chicago versus L.A., St. Louis versus L.A., St. Louis versus Phoenix, St. Louis versus Arizona, and it was only once or uh Actually, I, I apologize. I have to go back. L.A. versus Phoenix. L.A. versus Arizona. That, that matchup uh, only happened once back in the day. And then, of course, the Rams did move to, to St. Louis. So we had Arizona versus St. Louis. And now we're back to Arizona versus L.A. So it's kind of been all over the place. Uh, but what can you do? You know, it's just the way these, team, these teams are, have moved. The, each of these teams have played in three cities, including St. Louis. So, and, and or not Ohio, because Chicago is obviously not in Ohio, but a northern spot. And now they're, I feel like they're kind of settled in now. So, uh, some news and transactions for you guys to take a look at. Center Aaron Neary has been added to the practice squad. Farrow Cooper, of course, added to IR. Uh, can return. I would not say it is a guarantee, especially with a severe ankle sprain such as he suffered. JoJo Natson signed to the active roster. Jameel Demby was claimed by the Lions off waivers. And this I found interesting because you can take it one of two ways. And I'll let you guys decide. I'll let you guys see how you want to feel about this news. But Demby being picked up off waivers by the Lions, I feel that there's two options here. Either the Rams were not going to add him to the practice squad and were not not interested in holding him anymore, or the Lions broke an unwritten rule of the NFL where you let a guy clear waivers so that his team can add him to the practice squad. Of course, you don't have to follow this, and you're not necessarily a huge jerk if you don't because it's not a rule, but it does kind of create some tension between franchises if that is the case. I'll let you guys decide what you guys think happened here. But you know what? I think it's I think it may be a little bit fishy. I don't know. Maybe we didn't want him back, though. So I, I'll let you guys decide. Greg Zerline also wins NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Went 4 of 5 with a long of 55. Did miss his first field goal. It was off the dirt because the Raiders play at a baseball field. And it was from about second base, or at least where the second baseman would be, and missed it. So he he made his following four, though. Uh, we don't have any updates on John Kelly and why he wasn't active, but my Sheriff Joe Bag's guess is that he could potentially be a secret weapon for Week 4 against the Vikings. And I wanted to make that clear because I had this thought like the other day or yesterday. I was sitting there I was like, man, Kelly looked so good in preseason. He was the best running back that the Rams had in preseason because obviously Todd Gurley didn't play. And for him to come in week one and be inactive, I just thought was a little interesting. So I think that maybe this could be a thing where the Rams are kind of setting up the matchup. So I'll let you guys decide on that one as well. 
Uh, that does it for the first half. What I'm going to go ahead and do is uh, we're going to take our break, and then on the second half, we do have our fan quesos, so don't go anywhere. For the latest news, player updates, and information, go to Elite NFC West. The team at Elite brings a mixture of personalities to the table. With Smitty's live Q&As, you get the chance to have your football questions personally answered right there on the spot, as well as throw down with some of the most knowledgeable admins of each team in the West. From video blogs to stats, prediction, historical facts, and yes, even trash talk, Elite NFC West has you covered. Like us on Facebook today and represent. Now is the time to get your voice heard. Sports War Radio is now accepting applications for driven and knowledgeable sports fans who want to start their very own podcast about their favorite team. Sports War Radio has an international audience and is growing fast. Don't miss the chance to become the go-to news source for your favorite team. Email sportswarradio at gmail.com and tell us why you would be a great addition to our team. Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. This program is simulcast on WRPR Rat Pack Radio. Go to ratpacksports.com for more information. Welcome to Sports War Radio, the premier all-encompassing sports radio talk on the web. Sports War Radio has something for every fan of every sport. Get the fan perspective on all the news surrounding your favorite teams. Don't miss any of the action. Follow Sports War Radio on Twitter and Facebook. Catch all of the action at Spreaker.com slash Sports War Radio. Remember, folks, Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. And now back to the Rams Showcase with your host, Sheriff Joe Baggs. And welcome back to Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. If you have not already, make sure you guys follow all of the Ram Showcase social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. Again, I wanted to give you guys these rules. I was not able to make uh, a full-on commercial with the rules, uh, the new contest rules. Uh, but I did want to let you guys know them again. Only one winner per person for every four Rams games. Uh, if, if you're listening, uh, Alberto Hernandez, or Albert Hernandez, I believe, is, then, uh, you, that one was exempt from this particular rule. So you are, or you are free to win on any of the lives. Uh, no subs- substitutions will be made. Ram Showcase has the right to publicize winners' names, voices, and or pictures. No Sports World Radio employees, affiliates, advertisers, or members of competing podcasts are eligible to win. Ram Showcase has the right to change these rules at any time, and all decisions made by Ram Showcase are final. So make sure you listen to me. Uh, we're going to go ahead and hop into our fan quesos, though. We got some solid ones here. Uh, these first uh, few come from Adrian. Adrian's first one, he wants to know, based off Monday's defensive performance, what position, uh, what position groups do you think the Rams need to look into adjusting? That's a very interesting question, Adrian, and I would say... 
that still the the weak spot, and I say that in quotations, the weak spot of the Rams team is the linebackers. But they were flying around, they were making plays, they were making tackles, and they were doing what they needed to do. So I don't know what to tell you there. I would say they may be linebacker, but but they they didn't look bad. So linebackers looked solid, and I would say that that's a that's a strong group. If I had to go with a different position group, I would say maybe backup quarterback, just in case. It may be completely unnecessary to have a backup quarterback, considering Goff has yet to go down with an injury, knock on wood. I'll do. I'll go ahead and do that, and we'll see. I mean, I don't know right now. It's, it's also just been one week, Adrian, so give me a couple weeks, man, please. Just need a couple weeks. Uh, let's see, next question here from him, from Adrian. What is the status of Mark Barron and his injury? Okay, so this one is a kind of a weird one. Uh, we don't know, and I don't think anybody really knows. Uh, Sean McVay was kind of talking about it and said that sometimes he'll feel great for about a week, and then out of nowhere, it'll flare up again. And you know, there was an article put out by some Rams website uh, earlier, I think yesterday or today, that basically was talking about it and said that, you know, this very well could be a thing that, that is an issue all season. It could be where maybe Mark Barron comes in and plays three games. And then after that, maybe he's not feeling so good. Maybe he has to sit out too. So luckily the Rams do have some depth at inside linebacker. Rameek Wilson didn't exactly look terrible. He did look, I would say, like the weakest linebacker, but he's also a backup. So, I mean... That's that's okay to be the weakest linebacker when all the other guys are starters and you're the backup. So I'm not I'm not putting too much pressure on Rameek Wilson there. Uh, but as far as Barron goes, I mean, this very well could be a thing that we hear about all season. And it's just, you know, it's not a matter of his toughness because we know that, that Mark Barron is a super tough guy. But, you know, it's just kind of bothering him still. And he just, he's... I'm cool with taking some more time so that he can be more healthy, especially closer to the end of the year. I mean, I don't want to say that the Rams have like easy games coming up because no game in the NFL is easy. But of course, the Arizona Cardinals, that looks like a winnable game against the Chargers. That looks like a winnable game. Then we got the Vikings. I mean, that looks like a pretty tough one, but the next two look pretty decent. We don't necessarily need Mark Barron in that game to feel good about winning. Uh, next question here from Adrian. This is the first time that we will face our former number one overall draft pick, Sam Bradford. What expectations do you have for our defense? I think that this storyline is going to be overplayed this week, and I'm not going to be part of it. And I <laughs> know that might sound weird. I'm not going to be part of this. The Rams are playing against Sam Bradford. Because if you look at the roster from when Sam Bradford was here, there's maybe a couple of players that are even here from that time. And I don't believe, let me see, I, was it was Aaron Aaron Donald around? I think maybe Brockers was. But I don't think that that's really a factor. I mean, you look at the entire secondary, none of those guys were here when Bradford was here. Uh, none of the linebackers, except for maybe Barron, I think he might have been at the tail end. But I don't know. I doubt he plays. I'll be honest. I don't think he's going to play in this game. So, you know, I don't think it's going to be necessarily a, a storyline to go off of. But as far as Bradford versus this Rams defense goes, I mean, Bradford did not look good last week. He wasn't playing a terrible defense. I mean, the Washington Redskins aren't necessarily world beaters on the defensive side of the football, but they're not, you know, they're not bad. And he put up 151 yards. So, you know, I, I don't know 
I, I, I don't think that it's going to be too hard or too insane to say that the Rams' defense will not let up a lot of points. That's what I'll say. I mean, six points against the Redskins, I mean, you, you factor that into playing against the Rams' defense, who looks really strong, who only gave up 57 yards in the second half, and I would say it's not out of the question to have uh, a shutout in this game, or maybe just a three-point uh, three points given up to to the Arizona Cardinals, where the Rams, I mean, they can put up thirty a game with this offense, and we've seen that. We are, we've already seen that. Of course, they wouldn't have gotten past the thirty mark without that Marcus Peters interception, but they still put up uh, over thirty points. So, I mean, this this is something that that kind of goes back to last year. Just score points, and eventually we're gonna have some stops on defense, and eventually we're gonna force a quarterback into a mistake, and we're gonna turn it around. So, I think that that's really. What I mean, Bradford, I think, is going to have a hard time this week. And I'm trying to not be, like, overly confident in this Rams team and say that we're just going to win every week. And, of course, like, we're going to give this guy trouble and this guy trouble and this guy trouble. But, I mean, they, they're playing really strong and they look really strong. And it's hard to not say that they're going to do really well. It's hard to say that. And last one here from Adrian. Do you think that our offense will jump to a hot start on Sunday or will it take a bit to adjust again? I think that that's a solid question. I do think that there could be maybe like a four or five play drive to start the game. And then after that, I don't see a lot of, uh, I don't see a lot of aspects of the Arizona Cardinals defense that would lead me to believe that they're going to just shut us down. I just don't see it happening, and I really, again, I'm trying not to sound like overly confident here, but I do think that this is going to be like a four-score game, uh, and that's that's just me kind of not being a Rams fan. That's kind of me just speaking from from football knowledge and seeing what the Arizona Cardinals have done, seeing what the Rams have done, and it just appears that the Rams are in a good position to have a decently sized win. Of course, of course. I know there's some of you sitting there right now saying any given Sunday. That's why they play the games. Games aren't played on paper. Of course the games aren't played on paper. But the Raiders and Rams game wasn't played on paper. That was played on the field and the Rams dominated the second half after they got comfortable. Teams don't start playing the way they can until about week four or five. So to come out and do that just in a halftime adjustment, I think is a great sign for this this team this year. This next question comes from MJ. Who do you think that two mil was opened up for? I mean, it very well could have just been a thing to kind of open up some room so that we could bring in Jojo Natson. I don't think that that's too far-fetched. But overall, I don't think that the Rams are going to make any big splash plays uh, as far as the roster goes. And I do really think it was just to open up a little bit of space so that they could bring in another wide receiver. And a wide receiver that knows the team, has has returned for this team already, and you know, is is a solid player. I'm not going to say he's super awesome. He's incredible. He's going to be the Pro Bowl guy. But I mean, he's a solid guy who who did a fine job on returns in preseason. And I'm interested to see what he does when, you know, it's actual starters, actual 53-man guys, not a bunch of guys trying to tackle you that didn't even make a team and are sitting at home right now. Next one from MJ. It looked to me like our defense was hurting a little without Baron. Thoughts? So I don't, I wouldn't say that they were struggling because they were without Baron. I would say they struggled because, at least in the first half, because they didn't have a lot of action. They didn't have that preseason action. They had, what, seven plays? And, you know, 
Jared Cook, former Ram, did have a really strong game, but I don't know if that's to necessarily say that they just matched up poorly or if they just didn't game plan properly, but only, what was it, 9 of 40 throws that Dave, or Derek Carr, I almost said David Carr, uh, that Derek Carr threw were to wide receivers. Only 9. So that means 31 passes went to players not of, not under the wide receiver depth chart. And I think that that's a big stat. So I think that really, it wasn't that we were struggling. It's that we were kind of finding our place. You know, we have the corners to shut down wide receivers. That's why they weren't open. They weren't getting the balls thrown to them. It's because we have Marcus Peters. We have Akeem Tlaib. We have Nikel Roby Coleman. We have Sam Shields, guys that can cover. So I think that a lot of that was, we have to go to the backs. We have to go to the tight ends because they're covered by linebackers. Of course, that didn't happen all game. Marcus Peters was on Jared Cook for that interception, but... I wouldn't say that it was because of Barron, and I will say, and I, I've said this from the very, very beginning, from you know months ago, that I did expect the Rams' defense to kind of start the season slow, not just a game slow, but to kind of start the season slow. There's so many new faces here that they have to get into their rhythm, and I think that that's still going to take some time. I think that there's still going to be a game within the next five or six weeks that the Rams should win but maybe lose just because maybe there's some miscommunications. Maybe maybe it's just not as tight as it needs to be. But later on, I think late in the season, the Rams defense is going to look really strong. Next one here from MJ. MJ loaded it up, by the way, guys. MJ has a lot of questions this week. For a minute, he was the only one that had questions. Uh, who do you think was our best defensive player in this last game? I know that pick six was awesome, but Carr only really threw to a wide receiver thus challenging the cornerback uh, only about 10 times all night. Who made the biggest difference? You know what? I'd honestly say that Corey Littleton made a massive difference. I think he was one of the best players on the field. Uh, statistically, if you're speaking, then of course it's Corey Littleton. He had 11 tackles, which was five more than anybody else on the team, and had his interception. So statistically, Corey Littleton absolutely outplayed everybody. But if you're looking at just the play, I would go maybe John Johnson played a really strong game, had his pick and all that stuff. Um, of course, Marcus Peters with his interception. Talib was barely even tested, though. So I think Talib, and I did say this. I, I've said that I've said for months that I think Akib Talib is going to start the season strong, but he's 32 years old, so he might take a, a, a small step back as the season goes on. Late in the season, maybe week 15, something like that. We might see him, you know, maybe not be at the top of his game for the whole thing, but. I, but he played awesome, and Marcus Peters, Akeem Talib, Nikel Roby Coleman, and Sam Shields—they limited the throws to uh, to the to the wide receivers, which is huge. And you know, it's not necessarily all the people that are getting stats. A lot, a lot of people like to say, like, "Oh, Aaron Donald, he didn't get a sack." Like, yeah, he was still affecting the game, though. You know what I mean? He's also—I mean—they have a solid offensive line, not like the Arizona Cardinals. So I expect some more sacks than just one this upcoming week. Uh, but Carl, yeah, Carl only threw nine passes to wide receivers. So uh, I think there was a lot of difference makers, but I'm really excited to see the progression of this defensive line. I don't think they necessarily played poorly. Uh, I think that Carr getting rid of the ball so fast, that's one thing he's really good at. Uh, he gets rid of the ball and you don't really have time to rush him. You don't have time to, to send those blitzes and to have... Aaron Donald make a move or Nadamakan Sue make a move. Of course, Michael Brockers did get the sack, but you don't have all of that time uh, to get to him. 
Next one here from MJ. Has uh, running back Davis ever done kick returns? I feel like he would be a great candidate for that, uh, for that, or to back up that position right now, or maybe even John Kelly. So, uh, Kelly did return kicks at Tennessee, and Davis did return kicks at uh, USC. So, those are two options, but of course, I don't know if you asked this question before the Rams announced the, the Natson move, but that is, of course, going to be the, the guy that, that we see returning kicks. Uh, we do have a couple of guys that can return kicks, though. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, of course, put Todd Gurley in there for obvious reasons, but he was a kick returner. Um, I would say that Cooper Cup would be a strong candidate, but of course he contributes a lot on offense, so I'm, I'm glad that they made a move that Cooper Cup didn't need to. Uh, so yeah, I think Davis, Davis would be decent. I think that Kelly could be decent, but I do like the move to bring in Natson to do kick returns. After seeing a game with the starters, what would you say is our biggest weaknesses on offense and defense, specific position or starter? Uh, as far as the offensive starters go, there wasn't a whole lot of weaknesses here, but what I will say is I don't think right now, and this I know somebody's going to hate me for this, I just don't think that John Sullivan is our best option at center. I think that we have better options. So, of course, I mentioned earlier that I think that it's it's not out of the realm of possibilities for uh, for Austin Blythe to to stay in for Jamon Brown, even post-suspension. But I also don't think it's far-fetched at all to have Jamon Brown come back, take his right guard spot, and have Austin Blythe be, be the center. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen, but I would say that John Sullivan is our weak spot right now on offense. He's just, he's lost his step. I don't think he's as strong right now. And, you know, he did have the, I believe it was a holding penalty in the second quarter, I believe. So I would say that he's he's the Rams' weak spot as far as the offense offensive side of the ball goes. If I had to go with defense, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, obviously it's the linebackers, but who do you really go with? I would say Rameek Wilson didn't necessarily have a bad game, but he also didn't have a great game. So if I had to pick someone out, I would say Rameek Wilson, uh, and I would say those are the two guys that I would pick out that not necessarily, they didn't really have a strong their strongest games. And then, of course, we did see some drops by Cooper Cup, but I'm not really concerned about that because, you know, he's just one of those guys that he's, he will have some drops. That's going to happen. But he's going to make some awesome plays. He's going to make some amazing catches. And he's going to do what he needs to do. But he is going to have those drops. I would say he's going to average between like six and nine a season is what I would say. He had six last year. Next one here. Uh, from MJ, you haven't shared this on the podcast Facebook. I don't know what that question means. Oh, the oh the the question part. Yeah, okay. So people that are, are following the Ram Showcase Facebook page haven't been able to ask questions, but I open it up. I mean, anybody you can ask me questions where, however, or wherever. Just message any of the pages. I give them every week. Just message those, and uh, I'll add you in. Uh, let me see here. Next one from MJ. What are your thoughts about the that roughing the passer uh, call on uh, Aaron Donald's sack? I hate this call. I was so frustrated. And even, I think it was Jason Witten that was saying it uh, in, in the booth. It's like, what is he supposed to do? He got pushed down. Or is he out of the play if he's on the ground now? Even if it's at the quarterback's feet, he can't go for him and try to sack him? 
yeah, it looked a little brutal. It's Aaron Donald, who is just super muscle. Like, that's all he is, is muscle. So, yeah, I'm sure it's, like, kind of kind of hurt or whatever. But this is also football. It's a violent sport. It's not just a contact sport. It's a violent sport. And he was pushed down. I don't know what he's supposed to do to avoid that. I don't see any way to avoid that. He was kind of pushed into Carr. So, I really don't know. I think the, the real capper on that one was the fact that Carr got hit from above at the, at about the same time. I think that that was ultimately the capper. But what's Aaron Donald supposed to do? He cannot pull up from that. He got pushed to the ground. So I don't know. I hated that call. Aaron Donald should have had his sack for sure. This one comes from Steve. Uh, looked like the Oakland O-line was playing a narrow gap to plug plug up the line, not allowing AD or Sue a lane. Agreed? Yes, absolutely agreed. They were clearly pinching on that line all day. If you guys are Madden players, you pinch that line. And that's what was happening all day. Because the Rams' edge rushers right now are not necessarily proven. So you can try to just shut out those guys. Just close up the middle. Uh, One thing to note is that the Arizona Cardinals have a starting rookie center. So Ndamukong Sue is going against a rookie center who's going to be playing in his second NFL game. So I don't, uh, they're going to give him help, obviously. So obviously there's going to be a little bit of a, a, I would say a pinch again this week, but I think it's going to, I think that this is the week that the Rams kind of get after the quarterback a little bit better. But yeah, I absolutely agree. You could tell that they were, they were making sure that those guys weren't just going to get through every single play. But again, the the Raiders offensive line is not terrible. So it's hard to, it's hard to really say that the, the Rams did a bad job. Uh, next one here from Steve. Uh, can't always put corners on tight ends. What's the long-term fix? That, I, I, I agree with you. Obviously, you can't just always put corners on tight ends. I think that was a matchup thing, though. We know Jared Cook. We've had him on our team. We know that he's actually pretty fast for a tight end. And for as big as he is, he's pretty fast. And I really don't think we had any linebackers outside of Mark Barron, who was not playing, who could have kept up with him and who could have covered him uh, by themselves. So I think it was... I think it was one of those decisions made by Wade where instead of sacrificing the speed and risk getting totally burnt, we're going to sacrifice the size. And I think that we still kind of got burnt. He had over 150 receiving yards. So uh, who's to say who's right or wrong? But obviously, we could have maybe done some things different. But like I said, I think it was a matchup thing for this specific week because Jared Cook is a very fast tight end, especially for his size. This one from MJ, other than our D-line, our defense seemed a little small, very fast, but small. Is this going to be an issue, or am I completely wrong in this thought? You know, I don't know if I would say that they looked small. I would say they didn't look as as aggressive. They didn't attack like we had seen last year on, you know, certain situations where last year I feel like they just would have gone after it and, and just like it, one of those situations where it's like, I don't care who's trying to block me. I don't care how many guys are trying to block me. I'm getting to this quarterback. And that just didn't look like that was the way they were playing in this game. But again, it's one. We got 15 more to go. I'm I'm not worried. I'm just going to put it that way. I'm not overly concerned about anything. I'm not even overly concerned about the kick return position, even though that looks decently weak right now because we have Jojo Nats in there. But I don't think he's a bad player. On paper, it looks weak just because he's never played in a, in a regular season game. Uh, but, you know, to kind of more so address your your point here, I would say that I, I don't think that they necessarily played small, just less aggressive than normal. 
And this one from Steve again. Let me see. Uh, did did they save Gurley for the second half? No passes to the tight end. Why? Uh, Gurley, I don't know if he was necessarily saved for the second half, but I feel like the Rams were really trying to get that passing game going in the first half. You know, this is a high-flying offense. Sean McVay absolutely loves the pass. Uh, one of my friends even texted me during the game and said that the downfall of Sean McVay is that he's pass-happy, and I disagreed. I didn't even message him back, but... Uh, sorry about that, JJ, but uh, I disagreed just because I, I don't think that he's necessarily pass-happy. I think he's always setting something up. I think that he's, you know, in the first half passing a lot so that in the second half he can run the ball and run maybe some draws, maybe, you know, some different things. So I don't necessarily think that he's pass-happy but or that they were saving Gurley for the second half. I think they were just kind of setting it up, you know, setting up to to run Gurley down their throats in the second half, and it worked. For sure. No pass it to the tight end. Uh, the Raiders do kind of have some fast linebackers, and I think that they were just doing a really good job covering. One thing I did find interesting is that we didn't see Reynolds. We we saw Cup, Cooks, and Woods, and Higby and Gurley. Those were like, that was the team all game, pretty much. And I found that really interesting. So I don't know if it was necessarily uh, they're not throwing to the tight ends on purpose. I just think it was a matchup thing, again. So I wouldn't look too crazy deep into that one. And this last question here comes from Chris. The biggest threat to the Rams in the NFC and why? This is a solid question, Chris. I really appreciate this one. Uh, there is obviously a lot of really good teams in in the NFL, and especially in the NFC. The NFC is pretty loaded up. So, I mean, I don't think you can sleep on the, the Eagles. I think there's a lot of people right now talking about the Eagles and how they're not as good. But I think it's going to be very different once Carson Wentz comes back. Nick Foles is Nick Foles. And his playoff run, albeit amazing, was just that. It was just his playoff run that was, that was great. You look even in the, in the regular season of last year, he was playing terrible. He had like a game where he threw like 153 yards. Just not looking great. And then for some reason, some took over him in the playoffs and he played like a star. Well, obviously he won Super Bowl MVP, all that stuff, but he's still Nick Foles. That doesn't change. He hasn't changed who he is. And I think that once, once, once Wentz comes back, then I think it's going to be a very different team. Uh, the Vikings are a very strong team. And I think they're, they're not flashy. They're not a flashy team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They're not going to light you up like the Rams are, but they're going to get their job done. They're going to score the points that they need to score. They're going to pick up the first downs when they need to. And their defense is really strong. So I would say the Vikings are one of those teams that are a huge threat. Uh, other than that, I would say that the Niners, and I know it's just one game, but they looked bad. They did not look strong. And I know that they were playing against a very good team in the Vikings, but it wasn't just that they were getting beat. It was how they were getting beat. It was that Jimmy Garoppolo was throwing throwing passes he shouldn't have been throwing. I don't care what defense you're playing against, you shouldn't throw those balls. He was just, He was bad. He was a bad quarterback this Sunday. Uh, but as far as as far as any others go, I would say uh, the Saints, if they can if they can get their defense from last year back in order, because they got kind of torched by Ryan Fitzpatrick, kind of torched. I don't know what I'm saying there. They got torched by Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I would say that maybe last year's defense was a fluke. But I'm gonna wait and see. So we'll kind of wait on that one. But I think the Saints are a really strong team. I would say one of the the underdog teams though that that I don't think is getting as, as much recognition of, of being a good team 
is the Carolina Panthers. And I think that the Carolina Panthers are going to have a really strong year. And I think that they're a team that can beat people. So I would say that they're a threat as well. Uh, that does it for my fan quesos, though. Uh, thank you guys again for asking those. I really love this segment. It's like my favorite segment of the entire show. Um, so make sure you guys follow all of the Ram Showcase social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. And then you can follow me as well at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. You can be my friend on Facebook. You can search Joe Branham and I will add you. If I don't have any mutual friends with you, I might not. So maybe send me a message and just let me know that you're a Rams fan, you listen to the show, and you want to be my friend. And then we're good. And then we can talk about the Rams and stuff. I'm a very busy person, full-time school, full-time work, and of course the show and the YouTube channel now, but uh, I do message when I when I can, okay? Uh, speaking of the YouTube channel, make sure you guys search Rams Showcase on YouTube and you can uh, watch me talk about the Rams there. I usually, right now I'm doing just the, the, the previews. So what you heard here today when, as I'm talking about the, the Rams and, and Cardinals, that is what you're going to see on there. But you can watch me say it instead of just listening to me. And I will have some, some new content coming out soon as well that I'm working on. But no spoilers. Zero spoilers for you guys. Uh, that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This is Rams Showcase on Sports War Radio. For those of you that aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening. And you guys have a great night.